0: for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions.
1: So what we're going to talk about today is an excellent Tool that I use, and it's a worksheet, and it's called the Five Simple Strategies to Get Control of Your Life and Your Schedule, and it's actually based on my second book, <coughs> which actually, believe it or not, has the same title. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to share five strategies, and and for you that know that have taken a training with me, or or or, or a room on Clubhouse, or maybe maybe a session when I was teaching. You know, back back in real life, you know, before the the clubhouse, um, I I like interactive. I like back and forth. I really want people engaged in the conversation, and I want to get some feedback. So I'm going to go through these five steps, and then after each step, I'm going to uh, I'm going to see if we can get some some people that will contribute and maybe share how that you know what did that mean to them, and maybe share some examples from their own life. So I want to start off by sharing a story with you. So when I Got my real estate license in two thousand and two. Man, I was excited. I, I'll tell you, I was pumped. I had just gotten a new license. Uh, before that i I'd, I'd been doing marketing. and uh, I, and I joined a team and and they taught me how to call for sale by owners and and Fizbo's and and I just went all in. I mean, I went all in. I was working so much. i was I was working seven days a week on the phones, going on listing appointments, doing this, calling this. I, I mean, I was just going at it. I was I was working so much. I, I remember back in the day, I don't know if anybody relates to this. If you do, you can flash your mic. But I was working so much, I wasn't even eating lunch. Like I would just skip lunch. Or maybe I'd grab something and just go on the road. Does anybody relate to that? You're just so into it? Yeah, I was into it. Yes. I loved it. I loved it. But, but what ended up happening is now, you know, and, I, and it built a big business. I, I mean, I built a team that got me into into Gary Keller's mastermind and got me to be the top team in my market. You know, we were doing about 75 homes at that time. And what ended up happening is in 2010, I found myself, you know, from the minute I woke up in the morning, like the first thing I did, and I know Glenn talks about this as well, and, and we have a uh, we have a challenge going on right now. But the first thing... I did was I was on my phone and I was on my phone, not not for Clubhouse, but for emails, emails and texts and all those things. I I was pretty much on call for everything that was happening through my phone. So it was the first thing I did when I opened my eyes. And it was the last thing I did when I went to bed, typically at like 1130 or 12 o'clock at night after just being pretty much a, a just that was it. I was always on. People always wanted my attention, and, and I was a slave to the real estate business. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it just like that. That's and, and and I didn't know how to do it any other way, and I was frustrated, and I was starting to hate a business that I loved, that I had loved for years, and, and and we did well. We did well with it, you know? and I was making pretty good money, but the challenge was I was working so many hours. I was working average 70 to 80 hours a week, and I had no way... I did not know how to get control of my life back. Jo, uh, Joe Polish talks about elf. I don't know if anybody follows Joe Polish in a genius network, but he, he talks about elf and, and what elf stands for is, is easy, lucrative and fun. And uh, I would encourage everybody to write that down and, and take a look at Joe Polish. By the way, he, he says we want to create a life that is easy, lucrative and fun and And, you know that that's that was my goal, but that wasn't happening. So the other side, what Joe talks about is what he calls half, And that stands for hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. I was living a half life. I was extremely frustrated. I was not happy anymore. I had blown through a relationship back then. just my life was a mess. it was it was just consumed, as I said. so i I decided at that time, or I shouldn't say I decided, the 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 person who ran the brokerage, that I had worked at, he 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 knew that I was a mess, and he introduced me to a coach named John Alexandrov, and uh, I'm gonna say John. God rest John's soul. John passed uh, a few years ago from cancer. A great guy. But what what John had helped me with. That was my first business coach, and and I wrote the check, and I couldn't even believe I wrote a check for seventeen thousand dollars that year. But I wrote the check, and that was when my when my life started to change. And the first thing. One of the first things i did with john is we, we looked at my schedule we looked at how i was working we looked at what i was doing and we set standards he said the first thing we need to do is number one set some standards you need to first determine the standards for your life and the standards for your schedule and 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 the, the thing is we wanted me to stop <laughs> you know one, one of the standards was stop picking up that phone as soon as i wake up in the morning so what I ended up doing is one of the first standards we put in place was, okay, I'm not doing anything, okay, between 11, a, from, from before 11 a.m. And, and after 6 p.m. on Saturdays. I, may, I put that standard in place. I will not do anything real estate related before 11 or after 6 on Saturdays, and then I did the same thing on Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. I also made a decision, I will not check my emails before 9 a.m. or after 7 p.m. on Saturdays. That was the first thing that I incorporated, and just that in itself started to change my life. You know, so here's a question I'm gonna ask you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna open this up, and I'd love to hear you know, from what I've shared so far, who can relate to this? And I'd love to hear some standards you have for yourself. And, and here are the questions you wanna ask yourself now. What is causing me frustration? And I'd even ask you to write this down. If you want to write this down, what is causing me frustration right now? And what, what don't I love about my business anymore? Like, you know, like what was it about my business? That I used to love it. Now I just don't love it anymore. And then the third question is what dreams are not being fulfilled. So I just love to hear from a few people. Like what, what are, what are a couple standards that you put in place? And how has that affected you? So, anybody, if you want to give me a mic flash, love to hear a few standards. Um, let's see. Okay, so we're not getting any mic flashes. Uh, oh, oh. Okay, I see. Okay, Christina, Dora, go
2: awesome. Go ahead, Dora. No, I was just shouting that you were flashing. So go ahead, Christina.
3: Okay, so David, um, since Breakfast with Champions went to fifteen, 15 hours. I am addicted, right? But I work from home. And so I'm able to listen to Breakfast with Champions, uh, you know, playing in, in the background. Mm. And so um, even when I'm, you know, even when I have to leave the house to go make deliveries or, or, or go, you know, pick up some stuff from the store or whatever, I still, I'm still i still listening to it in the background. So that's why people probably see me on it all day. <laughs> um, but when Breakfast of Champions ends at 8, I I tell my I can't get back on. I'm like, okay, I've been on it all day. Put it down. I'm done. Mm. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much um, the standard that I've set.
1: Awesome. And have you written that down somewhere? Is that in writing somewhere? Like, do you daily go into a planner or a journal and, and look at that? Like, is that on a calendar?
3: I have not. It's just in my head.
1: Got it. Okay. Love it. So that's the first place. That's where you want to start. <laughs> and then let's get that. Let's get that written down somewhere because they say that written goals are going to be attained. Okay. So I definitely appreciate that. That's a great example. I had to do the same thing. I was spending far too much time on Clubhouse. And for people that have followed me over the last six months since I've been on Clubhouse, you're going to notice I am not spending... I' probably on clubhouse less than half the amount of time I had been spending on Clubhouse two months ago because I had to. I mean I have to pick and choose. I have to set certain standards, so I spend time in certain rooms and uh, and, that, and that's it I, I have no choice so and then, if I am on clubhouse a lot of times, like you said, sometimes it's just going in the background and I'm, you know I'm like half listening and half, half working so all right, so what I'm going to do? I appreciate that share. Thank you for contributing. I'm going to jump to the next one, which is setting expectations. So once you've determined standards, now we need to communicate them with our clients or potential clients. So before we take on any client, we first conduct what we call a needs analysis. And what this does is it helps us determine if we can actually, sorry, hit the wrong button there. I got some crickets going. You okay there, boss? You I okay? Hit them, I, I, <laughs> I'm moving my arms over here, Glenn, and I got a little area. I hit the wrong button. It's all good, bro. All right. I, I love <laughs> it. You hear the crickets? It like you got
4: clubbed over uh, the head uh, uh, by uh, a <laughs> robber or something.
1: I, I should have done the crickets last time when I asked if anybody wanted to share anything. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, that listen.
4: That was Mike Flash. Did you just uh, come I didn't see him I didn't, see him.
1: I didn't see yeah, him. The app, the all app, right. The app's been glitchy. The app's been glitchy. Got it. Got it. All right. Awesome. So yeah. So uh, and I, I hit my water bottle by accident because I'm moving my hands. I'm a hand mover. I love moving my arms. All right. So again, um, s- expectations. So can I actually help this person first off achieve their goals? Somebody was talking about this earlier, right? We're not going to sell somebody if the if what we're selling them is not going to help them achieve their goals. The other thing, though, is once we know okay we can help this person, then we have to set standards, and we have to confirm that our standards and are in are in line with theirs. So our our expectations are in line with, with their expectations, right? Because sometimes people will have expectations of the way things should go in our business in the ways we think we should be, the way we should return calls. So we're really clear up front, hey, this is how, these are the hours we're available, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the real estate space because that's where I spent a lot of time over my last nineteen years. This is when you'll hear from us after a open open house. Um, this is what's gonna happen as soon as we sign the listing agreement. Uh, this is when you should return. Uh, expect a return call from me. You know, th- these are the times that we work, et cetera. So we're setting the standards. If those standards work with the other person, or I should say if those now are expectations, if they work for the other person, then we're gonna go in business with that person. So m- the way I look at this is standards are what I set on the inside and then an expectations are taking those standards and then setting them up with other people on the outside. So I'm curious, does anybody wanna share an expectation that they have that they set? You know, even, even if, you know, like here's another example, like my, my administrative assistants. We set, we set expectations on on, you know, when we would meet. We'd meet at the same time every day. You know, how soon we would follow up with client calls, when client calls came in. The, the the expectations, how soon we would follow When we would check emails, text, everything was set up in our business. I had expectations with my wife, as a matter of fact. You know, I'm looking, uh, my wife and I, we set expectations like during the day, we would only call each other if it was an emergency. If it wasn't an emergency, we wouldn't even call each other. I mean, every once in a while we would call and say hi, but that was how important the expectations were. So again, determine the goal and then set those expectations based on these standards. Does anybody want to share an expectation Yeah, that I can they jump set. in on that,
4: David. Love it, Glenn. Yes. Yeah, man. So when I was running my um, dealership, and we do the same with my uh, my company now, we have expectations that are set. But when I was running the dealership, um, hold on, just got red bar, which is what happens. There we go. The, uh, the expectation that we set in the dealership was that every salesperson was going to sell one car a day every day that they were at work. And that expectation, I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm getting a red bar again. Can you hear me okay, Yeah, we
1: we can hear you, Glenn. We can hear you fine. Okay.
4: So that expectation of one car a day every single day that they're at work was not a standard expectation in the auto industry. The standard expectation in the auto industry is one car every two and a half to three days. And so when we set that expectation, what that ended up doing is it put the responsibility on us as leaders to make sure that we were creating an environment where that was possible, mm-hmm. right? You can't just set an expectation, but then have it be, have the people, your people be set up for failure. So we ended up putting the pressure on ourselves and we said, okay, if the expectation for them is we've got to they're going to sell one car a day, every day that they're at work. Well, then our expectation on us is to make sure that we generate A certain amount of leads that's going to drive to a certain amount of appointments that's going to make sure that each salesperson gets at least three customers a day that they can interact with. Now, if they go above and beyond and grab a fourth or a fifth or a seventh, that's great. But our expectation is we've got to make sure our our expectation is one car a day. Therefore, we have to make sure we're at least giving them three looks every single day. So that's what I love about expectations is if you are a great leader, not only does it help your people. Uh, so that they know what to, you know what to what to expect and what to what the standards are, uh, but ultimately it pushes you as a leader to make sure that you can deliver on those expectations. And I you love know, this discussion, David.
1: One hundred percent. And I, I, I'm willing to bet, and, and and I'd probably put money on it that when you were meeting with these these salespeople ahead of times, you were sharing that expectation with them.
4: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. From the from the moment that they were interviewed. We shared that expectation with them.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And if it didn't work for them and they didn't think they could do it, then a lot of times they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't work for you guys. It was the same thing we did in our real estate business.
4: Yeah, totally, 100%, man. Setting that up right up front. And then what's great later, is too, is when you have written expectations and written standards like what David's talking about, what's great is you can take a lot of emotion out of things. So fast forward, we're in a position where somebody's underperforming. Prior to written expectations and standards, those conversations of when you have to let somebody go or if somebody's underperforming, sometimes those conversations could be awkward because there's emotions. You've developed relationships. You've become friends because you've worked side by side. So by having those things in writing, I could sit down with, you know, let's just say uh, I'll just grab a name. You know, I'm not if, if, it, if it nobody. I'm not thinking of anybody on the stage, okay? But like if Jessica, let's use the name Jessica if Jessica's underperforming, then I could sit down and I could say, Hey, Jessica, how are you? You're so amazing. I really enjoy our, uh, you know, who you are as a person. Uh, when we brought, when you came on, you and I agreed, right. We made an agreement that you were going to sell one car a day, every day day that you were at work. And I would point at the piece of paper Mm. that we had signed, right? Like you and I made an agreement and you have, you haven't done that the last couple months. And then I would follow that and I'd ask a question and I'd say, is there something that i'm not doing or do you, is there a tool that you don't have that you need that is keeping you from keeping your end of the agreement and normally there i already knew the answer to that was no because i'm giving 110 every every day and i'm giving them every tool that they need so then they would come back and say no i have the tools no you've done your part i just haven't i i haven't been giving 100 and then once they take responsibility for the action then we can either correct the action or we can agree to part as friends, but it removes emotion from the conversation, which is a big deal. 100%.
1: You just absolutely crushed that. I, you know what I'm realizing? We probably could do a whole session on just setting expectations. Glenn, <laughs> seriously. Cause I, I love agree. It. I love it. And it, you're right. If when it's in writing, it's just, okay, here's what we discussed. Tell me what's going on. Right. And it's, it's literally, it's, it can be that simple. All right. I'm going to jump forward. Step number three, though. Now, so, OK, so we, we've 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 uh, set some standards on the inside. We've now set those expectations on the outside. Now what we want to do is we want to determine our hourly rate. By the way, this this worksheet going to be available for everybody and I'll give you the link at the end. So now we want to set our, our hourly rate. So I'm going back to my story. I was working 75 to, to 80 hours a week. I was out of my mind. I hired my coach, John Alexander, he had an event in Florida bunch of his clients came down to this event and he had us do this exercise. So it's, it's not, it's not complicated actually. And I, w- I was making pretty good money back. I mean, I was actually making really good money. Most money I ever made in my life, you know, back then working and, you know, but based on the hours, uh, what, what we did was we got together and we figured out, okay, based on what we made last year, and this is a, an approximate, it's not an exact science, but it's as simple you guys can write this down, take your income, and then you want to come up with approximately how many hours a week you work. Okay. So I took, okay. So my income back then, and, and then I took approximately how many hours a week I was working, which was about 75. My income back then actually I was making about 400,000 in GCI. It's not, that's not a bad deal. But then when I broke it down based on my hours per week, Uh, Working and then I said, okay, how many weeks now? So if I'm working 75 hours, how many weeks a year? Did I work and I realized, you know, I didn't really take much time off at all So I said I probably worked 51 weeks that year. So now I tallied it up and I said, okay, I've I've worked about (laughs) 3,825 hours So I said wow, okay got it. So now I just simply take that 3825. I divide it by my income and I realized I was making about $105 an hour. Now listen, I get it. Some people would say, well, $105 an hour is not terrible, right? However, the guys I was in the room with, they were doing the same amount of volume and they were making four to $600 an hour because they had control of their schedule. And that was the huge wake up for me, okay? They had leverage in their business. So I'm gonna encourage everybody to, to you know, figure it out, figure out what is your hourly rate. So here's an example, if you're making $150,000 a year, you work approximately 75 hours a week. If you work 51 hours and you divide that by uh, the hours, that's 38, 25, I'm gonna use the same example. You're making $39.21 an hour. And the reason I make 100, I, 151, dollars because I know there's a lot of real estate agents that are making about $150,000 a year. And they're working 75, 80 hours a week because I work with them all the time. And they don't realize they're working for about 40 bucks an hour. It's $39 an hour. So I'm going to encourage everybody as the next step if you're getting anything from this after you set some standards, after you set some expectations, I'm going to encourage you to go sit down with this example I just gave you and figure out exactly how much you made an hour last year. Or if you're, you know, if you're an out if you're a um a, a W2 employee then you probably have a good exa- idea of that anyway. So um uh, but yeah, you, we can always do better. So I'm going to jump to the fourth one just for purposes of time. I'm going to encourage you to make a commitment. Once you understand your hourly rate, it's critically important to to make a commitment to never do anything below your hourly rate. And this can be tough sometimes, especially for someone like me that's impatient. I just want to get things done. I want to get them done in a moment. And 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 I had I, I battled with this. I would battle with it. You know, there, here's an example of mowing my lawn. I was mowing my lawn every two weeks, and it was taking me about three hours to do that. And I was given up so beyond my ridiculous schedule, I was also mowing my own lawn and and uh, giving about an extra six to seven hours a month doing that. And then I realized a friend had contacted me with a landscaper, and he said, "Hey, you know what? for every for thirty five dollars, this guy can come every other Saturday and he can mow your lawn." So for $70, guys, $70, I just got an extra six to seven hours a month back in my schedule. And there's so many examples. You know, if you have an administrative assistant, just you run it. You know, let's say you have an administrative assistant. You pay $25 an hour. Now, if you're doing the paperwork, which I know a lot of us do because we just say, well, it's easier. Well, I want you to think if you know your rate, let's say your rate is $150 an hour but yet you're doing your administrative assistance work that you pay her $25 an hour for. That means every hour you work, you're actually losing $125 in an hour. We have to switch our thinking. We really, I, I, I challenge everybody to start thinking like that. Like you have to figure out your rate and say, I refuse to do anything that's below my hour. I, it'll, ch- I, I swear to you, it's going to, it's going to change. It'll ch- it's a game changer, game changer. All right, and I'm going to jump to one more and then I want I want I definitely want to open it up after this. I'm going to go to the last one now, okay? So we've talked about setting expect setting standards, setting expectations. Okay, determining your hourly rate, making a commitment never to do anything below the hourly rate, and then finally building out a time block calendar. Once we're clear on all of this, we have to build out a time block calendar. Whoever shared earlier I'm sorry, I didn't see who it was, but this is when I say, write it down. Build your calendar. Glenn Lundy's got a great planner. You can use that as that planner if you want. Just every day, go into that planner and plan out your day. Know when you're done. Know when dinner. I in my calendar today. My wife and I, we went for a 90 minute bike ride at one o'clock. I planned that out this morning while I was listening to Breakfast with Champions. The phone was it was on but I was in my planner, planning out my day at the same time. That 90 minute bike ride with my wife was amazing today. You know, and when you time block it's not just planning business by the way peeps. Okay? You want to ta- you want to first plan out your vacations. So how many vacations a year do you plan to take? Plan out those vacations. Plan out those date nights. Okay? Don't skip to date nights. Seriously. I know I trust me, I went I went through a lot of this plan out the vacations, plan out the date nights, plan out the things that you know you can't move, right? You know, the kids have, you know, uh, our kids are in karate and dance and everything else going on. But we also plan out our business. Lead generation, when am I gonna be making outgoing calls? When am I, you know, going on appointments? All that stuff is planned in my calendar. So that said, uh, we've got about five minutes left. I would love to hear some feedback from some people or if you have a question, um, or just to say, hey, here's what I took from listening to this. So why don't we get some mic flashes? Um, I see Dora, and who else wants a flash?
2: I see Dr. Sean, and you can go after me. Okay,
1: so okay, <laughs> and then perfect. I'll
2: look at the bottom of the stage when I'm done. Um, Thank you, Dora. One of the, you got it. Um, one of the things that really struck with me was that that calendar blocking. Oh my goodness, um, because like Christine, I've been addicted to uh, this whole, you know. 15 hour days on Clubhouse. So it's like, how do I time block things so I could be more efficient and maximize my time. And especially as I'm like, I'm trying to make it through the to the end of 75 hard without killing myself um, in the process. Because when you when you're getting close to the end, other people, they don't mind messing up and starting over, but I refuse to start over. So I, I literally started the 67 day challenge just to make sure that I stayed on track. So that's how I started time blocking. And because of the water, like I had to time block my mornings, otherwise like the water would kill me. Um, So the calendar piece was the one that really resonated with me. And with that, I'm going to pass on over to uh, Dr. Sean.
1: And and I love that share. And I just want to give you a couple, a couple quick tips. Number one is use a time clock. You know, if you, if you use a clock of some sort um, for tasks, you can actually use a clock, I'm saying for the task or a timer. Like, I have a sand timer on my desk that's set for 45 minutes. I'm super good at doing 45 minute slots of anything. After 45 minutes, I'm just, my mind starts wandering. So I use a sand timer. But you know what? Every day, like I said, I am in my schedule first thing in the morning. I put it together, I block it out. I know exactly what's planned for the day, I know what my intentions are. And then at the end of the day, I look at it and I judge myself on how did I do. All right, Dr. Sean. Good
4: afternoon, David. This is a great segment, and uh, I, I really like the part about the accountability that both you and Glenn added there. Um, and I do a lot of that in my, bus- in my business. I think you should, next week, do that just on, on not accountability. What was it? Um, expect- setting expectations? Sorry. So um, the question I actually have for you is that at the beginning, you talked about something called ELF. And I was, I was actually in the shower when you did it. So I did not write it down. What was that again?
1: Yes, that was from Joe Polish. I I can't take credit for it. He, he, His goal is to lead a easy, lucrative and fun life. Elf stands for easy. So everything, so you can run everything through that filter, right? Think about it. Even doing this, this segment, right? Is this easy? Uh, is it lucrative is it fun yeah absolutely right it, any you can run everything in your life through this right is is you know yeah, is yeah. that no, is that's that why I wanted to hear about it uh, yeah and then the other side of that sean is what he calls half hard annoying lame frustrating so anything that if 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 he's going into a transaction or if he's thinking about going into business with somebody and it doesn't make it through that filter he doesn't do it you know, is this somebody that's going to, is it going to be hard? Is it going to be annoying? Is it, is, is it going to be frustrating? He just passes on it. It's a great, great filter. So thanks for sharing that, Sean. Absolutely. Anybody else? You got a mic flash? You got David,
5: a- I have a, a thank you. A thank you. Thank you. This is Megan DiMartino.
1: Hi, Megan. And,
5: uh, you know, I, uh, heard an amazing quote today. Uh, we're going from brick and mortar to click and order. Mm. And, um, I, You know, I'm in a major transition here from almost 20 years of uh, uh, brick and mortar luxury day spa. And like you said, uh, very clear on goals and projections. And so, you know, with selling that, the whole dynamic of uh, not only my uh, business uh, and building new structures, but also my mindset. And so when you were talking about uh, just a bit ago about uh, the hourly wage, you know, Um, I'm putting together all my programs based on that and, um, and train. Yeah. And changing my mindset. I mean, it's just such an interesting thing. But when I heard that quote today, which is less from Les Brown, you know, we're going from brick and mortar to click and order, you know, and when I heard the word order, I said, wow, that's actually, you know, we understand what that's saying, you know, online, but it's creating a new order of business. So it's a, fascinating time
1: I for us I all. yeah on, i mean we're in the times of amazon right mm-hmm. <laughs> everything uber i mean everything's fast efficient is you know online yeah it's it's amazing it's amazing
5: yeah. all right so
1: I, i'm gonna i want to wrap i appreciate that that uh megan thank you for that share as well thank you everybody else that contributed appreciate every single one of you i want to make sure i end on time if anybody wants this worksheet you can get this worksheet just go to uh time mastery dot david hill dot com or if you go to my profile i believe it's the fifth line down if anybody wants a copy of my sales playbook it was an amazon bestseller in 2015 just go to simplesalesbook.com you can you can get that book it's only six dollars and ninety seven cents and it's an ebook it's not a PDF it's a, it's a real ebook or you can buy it on Amazon if you're interested so that said I appreciate every single one of you Glenn Lundy appreciate you as well for creating this space